Chapter 11 of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter 11 The Bugle Call. Years ago, in a foreign city, long after midnight, a bugle ran out, clear and penetrating in the darkness that comes before dawn. It pierced the deepest recesses of sleep and sounded the great note of action and adventure. To what duty it summoned and whither it led, they only knew to whom it was a command. But a great company of those who came out of their dreams to hear it were shaken by its imperative call, and must remember it as an impersonal symbol of that divine voice which from time to time rings in the innermost courts of a man's soul with the music of great deeds on noble fields hosts of men are paralyzed because they hear no voices save those that weaken and betray them the voices of their weariness indecision skepticism weakness they sleep on their arms as if no fight were to be won no soul to be saved from its baser passions its cowardly moods if they rouse themselves it is to take account of their discomfort to note that the night is dark the air cold the ground hard they lie bound hand and foot in a stupor of uncertainty and discouragement they complain of their hardships, repine in their inaction, waste their courage and strength, and hollow excuses and evasions. So intent are they on their deprivations, that they forget the cause which they set out to serve, and curse the leaders whom they no longer follow. Again and again the bugle rings out on the night, but they sleep on and take their rest, even while the master is betrayed into the hands of his enemies." They drug themselves with the narcotics of fatalism, of the irresistible power of circumstances, of the overwhelming force of the obstacles which surround them. They lull themselves into sleep with a thousand excuses and evasions. If they had been equipped with different arms, been under another command, had another sort of drill, been better cared for, received a larger measure of strength, they would have done such heroic things and won victories on such glorious fields and while they lie in a stupor of weakness, the bugles ring, and a thousand men about them spring to arms and march singing, to the good fortune of those dangers in which men rise, to sublime heights of self-forgetful courage. The chance which is the divine opportunity of life comes to them all, and they make that great refusal which defeats the very ends for which they were made, and leaves them laggards and deserters, while their fellows, who carry the same weapons, are chilled by the same air, and endure the same hardness, arise and are gone before the dawn. Among the pitiful tragedies of life there is none more pitiful than that which overtakes the man who is more intent on his discomforts and the things which are denied him than on his opportunities of work and self-denial and service. Savonarola was one of those whose career is beset with every sort of difficulty, whose path is hard and solitary, who is alone in a world of enemies. He might have cried out to his leader that the task laid upon him was too great for his strength, that the fight was against overwhelming odds, that if he was to win he ought to have had a thousand things which were denied him. But he thought not of his weakness, but of the strength of his cause, not of his danger, but of the greatness of the service to which he was called, not of his hardships, but of his glorious chance to live and die fighting the good fight of faith. To him, as to all men, came the doubts, the questionings, the weariness, the sense of great weakness, and there is a little poem of his in which he tells us how he met them. Down by the road of evil wanders my spirit. If it receive not succor, it will die shortly. The devil he deceives it with his false reasoning, 
the senses they promise it every possible pleasure the world ever invites it to indulge itself in iniquity my spirit thus tempted who now will help it help thyself good for nothing with the gift that god gives thee thou hast full power to make thyself worthy thou canst not be conquered save thou art willing stronger is grace than every adversity there are times when a man must say to his own spirit up thou sluggard in a way the bugle calls the day of battle dawns let no man be deceived the fortunes of his soul are in his own hands he may beguile himself for a time with the dream of fatalism but even while he dreams he knows in his heart that he is deceiving himself he may talk of his limitations his difficulties his conditions his temperament but in his heart he knows that these are mere subterfuges that he has bound himself with imaginary fetters and that if he will arise and stand erect these elusive bonds will fall from him he may not be able to do the work of some other man but he can do his own work and that is all that is required every man has the strength to do his duty if he chooses to put it forth to be a man and not a dumb driven creature the mere shape of a man driven by a cloud of dust across the field of life by the wind of destiny he may go to suffering hardness and death as savonarola did but these things are mere incidents the great thing is that he shall strive and not sleep the prodigal slept long but he heard the call at last awoke and became a man once more when he turned from the beasts and said i will go to my father End of chapter 11